listening to the Hooked on Learning Podcast, where we discuss all things related to continuous improvement. And now to your host, Jesse Marka. All right, so we're back with another episode of Hooked on Learning. And today we're going to talk about the responsibilities of a company officer. But as I promised earlier, we are going to have several guests throughout this. And who better to start with than two of the three senior firefighters on our department? That's right. From B Shift, we have firefighter Jason Ratchke. And from the Silver Express, we have none less than firefighter Hugh Jordan the Third. Love it. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm sure being the first interviewer ranks very high up on the list of career accomplishments. Correct? Without a doubt, it's definitely going on my resume. Perfect. So, uh, with that being said, today we are talking about responsibilities. Um, of the company officer as it relates back to the crew. So in terms of responsibilities to the crew, there's so many things that we um, that we do in our field that is different, both uh, before runs at the station and on runs outside of the station, whether it's uh, washing trucks, washing dishes, cooking, cleaning, pulling your weight with the station duties, or uh, providing direction, being decisive, and putting people in a position to succeed on a scene. There are a lot of things that we would expect from a company officer. So if we could go ahead and start right there in terms of um, providing a safe work environment where we are putting people in a position to succeed. Can you explain uh, your expectations of a company officer as it relates to um, being successful and being quote-unquote safe? Yeah, uh, actually, Jesse, the uh, word you just used, expectation, I think that can go up and down the ranks, uh, you know, and it's looked at objectively by the members in different ways. Obviously, our uh, commanding officers to our company officers, there are expectations of the of the crews that are below them. They want to make sure that, that they're they're trained, they're competent in what they do on a day to day basis, and then also looking at that from a standpoint of the guys on the bottom looking up. Their expectations of of firefighters, senior firefighters, company officers, and even our commanding officers. I think that expectation, um, it's like a sliding scale, and it's constantly uh, evolving and changing uh, with uh, thoughts and direction by all the members of the team. You know, when I look at it as a, a safe work environment, the, the fire department that we work in, we are fortunate enough to have excellent equipment. And, you know, w- with that equipment there is a responsibility not only as a firefighter but as a company officer to check that equipment and make sure that it's up to date and ready to go and when, when I look at the basic level of safety when we respond on a scene you know the simple things you know the like, battery's dead in the radio your SCBA isn't hooked up to your mask correctly your your SCBA may not be filled appropriately uh, with the right amount of air in it say it's a little bit lower whatever it may be yeah, maybe your flashlight's not working correctly uh, there's tears in your gear these things need to be nip in the butt early, and that's just through a daily check. And I think it's small steps like that as a company officer or a firefighter. When you do that, you're setting the standard for everyone else to follow that this is important to be done. We don't need these uh, uh, controlled 
I should say, controlled errors on seeing when this could be, this is not something that's uncontrolled. This is a controllable thing. We can stop this from happening by just doing a quick check and setting the standard and the example for everyone else to follow. There's not a thing wrong with what you just said, and God bless you for claiming that right. Jay, going further on that, I really agree with you. Uh, since we've got our new Cascade system, uh, just one of the small things, you know, on daily checks uh, is that air pack, you know, those, you know, I mean, we check our air pack and we're at 4,200, 4,180 or something like that. And, you know, we're like, ah, I think we're good. You know, if if truly we had a problem, that extra two or 300 PSI of air could all be all the difference between a RIP team getting in and actually, you know, finding us and finding us alive as opposed to, you know, succumbing if we were to get trapped in a fire. So just those little things like... Uh, uh, a, a two, three, 350 uh, PSI change in the bottle, uh, I think, is uh, kind of the expectations that uh, members of our department expect all of our members to make sure we're, uh, we're making sure are filled, to, you know, to give us the best chance to do our jobs. And that means if it means just that little bit more of oxygen or actually air in our bottles, I think that, you know, those are the small things that, uh, that mean a lot. Sure, on top of that, you know, not only is the cylinder filled all the way, but uh, segueing back to is your is your radio battery completely charged? You know, if you're in a rich situation, you got to call media. If your radio is not charged, what good is it for? What good is it going to do? Right. If your flashlight doesn't work, you know, how are you going to signal for help? So there's there's things that although you may not know that you do this every single day and it's a repetitive thing, you're just like going through the motions. But it's, it is important, and it is important to know that these things are operable and they're working correctly. And We're doing it for a reason, right? And they're being maintained. So speaking of doing things for a reason, um, as humans, we have needs, right? Uh, personally, professionally, socially, all these things um, become needs for us, and, and these are fair needs and reasonable needs. And with that, um, the co company officer really needs to do a good job of balancing um, those needs and addressing those needs as, as, um, as necessary. And when we talk about the needs, you know, we're talking about things involving ethics and being fair and um, different opportunities. So if you can maybe expand on some of these, um, for example, um, education and training. So if we were in a training session, um, one, what would you expect, expect from the rest of your shift uh, and your peers? And two, what would you expect the role of the, of the company officer to be in a training session, especially as we increase into things that are maybe more hands-on um, or a little bit more dynamic? Well, I, I honestly think... I from a company officer standpoint, I don't like things that are so rigid that it almost feels like we're reading from a script or something like that. Um, something that's a little bit more interactive, I think, is uh, a better way to learn. Um, but then also, at the same time, as being that company officer, uh, you also have to control the, the training session, if you will. If it starts to get too far one way or something like that, we also need to to bring it back so everyone's focused in the objectives and making sure that it, uh, that the training opportunity is taken uh, advantage of. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I also think that as a, as a company officer, you know, you need, you need to be able to motivate your crew. You need to be able to, to tell them, like, hey, this is, this is important. If, if we're told today we're going to pull line off the rig, okay, that's all well and good, but if you just say, we're, you know, we're pulling right line off the rig because... You know, the chief told us to do it today. Well, that's not very motivating. It's not motivating. It's not motivating at all. So, you know, as a company officer, you need, you need to be able to motivate 
uh, the people and, and kind of get them, uh, get their enthusiasm built up for this training that we're doing. You got to sell it. Yeah. And on top of that, it's not only motivating, but provide some enabling objectives, you know, to tell these, provide your crew the reason why we're doing this. What are we trying to accomplish? Why are we pulling line? What, what is the reason for pulling a two and a half? What is the reason for pulling an for pulling a inch and a inch and three quarter, for example? There's there's reasons behind it. Why are we utilizing it? So to motivate, to provide enabling objective, and then I feel at the very end, when the training's completed, is to provide a summary. Tell everyone, like review it with everyone. Make sure everybody understands what we're doing, and make sure that we're accomplishing the task at hand. Maybe finding maybe best a better way to do something too. Yeah, you never uh, know. Through training, I'd rather find a better way to do something in training, or you know, something along those lines. Because I'd rather something to go catastrophically wrong, or something bad happen in training, as opposed to when it when it matters. So you mentioned potentially finding new ways of doing things or better ways of doing things during training. So what do you believe when that happens? What do you believe well the company officer to be um, when something new is found during training? Is this something that should be passed on? Is it something we should switch over immediately? And what do you believe to be the role in communicating that? Well, I think it's something that you don't stop training for, but I think it's definitely something that we need to come back to, and we need to share that information with all officers and then with the firefighters as well. And then not end there, but make sure that that message is carried across the board to all three shifts, including the training officer and and, and the the department as a whole, really. And if we find a way that we can do something better, it's better for all of us, just not... Uh, a group of individuals. Yeah, it's a teachable moment, you know, for the people that are there. And then, but with that teachable moment, like you said, going back to the other three shifts, is there is there substance beyond that teachable moment? Is there substance? What I mean by that is, can this be expanded to something that could change our operations? Is, is there value behind that? And that needs to be researched and looked into. The guys on the other shifts may see something additional that can make it even a better way to do something. You know, just adding their little touch to something that maybe the other guys didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great way to get the message consistently across to all the shifts. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, and as we kind of sum this up in terms of responsibilities of the company officer back to the uh, the crew and the organization, do you have any personal um, kind of parting thoughts on that topic? I think the company officer, I think from a firefighter standpoint, especially a senior firefighter standpoint, if, if you're a company officer, I think what, what, uh, what your crew is looking for is for you to for you to provide value. Show them that that each one of their members provides some sort of value, and that they're 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 needed on a daily basis. And remind them of that. You know, when they do something good, remind them they're doing doing something well. Or you know, if you know they do something a little bit beyond that they're supposed to do, praise them for it. Let them know that they that that you you value what they're doing and to keep it up. And I think that's going to go a long way for the shift and the crew as a whole. As an organization, I think it's important for us to remember that uh, we provided a, uh, effective and efficient professional service to our citizens. And the only way to do that is to continue to train and learn new techniques as uh, as we evolve as firefighters and uh, in our profession. Excellent. I think uh, this has been a lot of fun and it's been a good, uh, a good kickoff to hopefully what is a, a successful company officer series in a successful podcast series as well for people that want to refresh on uh, some of the topics that we talk about in class. So I thank both of you for your time. We are back with more on the responsibilities of the company officer. 
So Firefighter Jordan and Firefighter Rashke were kind enough to share their perspective as it related to the responsibilities of a company officer with their respective crews. And it's important to understand that the crews are representative of the organization. And that's the next level of responsibility for the company officer. Our organization has changed in so many ways and shapes and forms over the years that it's easy sometimes to lose sight of the big picture. And that's really one of the, the main uh, responsibilities of the company officer is to maintain the big picture and to ensure that we are all working towards it, um, towards that common goal, that common vision. And part of that is administering all the policies and procedures that come about, both past, present, and future policies, because these policies are imperative um, to our operations at the fire department, both at station and out of the station. And as a result, the company officer may be called upon to represent the organization or the crew uh, with the public, both in the emergency and non-emergency setting. And the public is so important to us in terms of if there were no public, frankly, there'd be no fire department. So it's our job, especially as company officers, to provide effective and efficient professional service to the public, which, frankly, provides us the resources for our organization. The company officers are the stewards of those resources and are responsible for maintaining the readiness of all of the resources, both human and, and equipment-related to make sure we can meet the mission and, and maintain that high level of responsibility to the public. You know, in the fire service, we're so uh, lucky to be in a field where it allows us to give back and to help people uh, in situations where they may otherwise feel helpless. And uh, that's something that we can't lose sight of. So we are all responsible to our profession. And we all serve as visible representatives of our organization and to different parts of the community, we are viewed as, as role models or as people who more is expected of. So due to that, we are judged by all of our actions, both good and bad, especially of the officers and especially when, when decisions are made that are the best decisions that can be made and especially when the decisions or the actions don't go as well as we'd hoped. Um, next up on the list of responsibilities is to our family. I uh, mentioned earlier that we are para-family, meaning we have responsibility to others above and beyond what is expected of a normal business person or person in another field. Due to the nature of this job and the fact that for 24 hours at a time, if not more, we are responsible to one another in a family way, meaning everybody has a role and everybody is expected to carry their weight at all times in all that we do. Beyond this, we all have families of our own. And we also understand that our co-workers want to go back to their families. Because of this, we need to make sure we're listening to all the expectations and needs of our families. This schedule is not easy for anybody, but it is especially critical that, that we understand the hardships that it places on our family members. And as we transition in the new positions, you know, with, uh, with new responsibility comes new expectations. And uh, it's important that we communicate those expectations of the new position to our family, not just after uh, we are successful in our attempt for a new position, 
but before as well to make sure everybody's on the same pages as we're going forward um, and, and that we're, we don't blindside our coworkers and especially our family. You know, a unique story on this uh, came from one of the IFF Fireground Survival Courses that a few of us are fortunate enough to attend. And there are instructors from all around the country, and they all had their own unique message as part of the class. And one of the gentlemen was a firefighter from uh, the Austin Fire Department in Texas. And he explained the transition to the role of company officer. And essentially there is one particular station that served as a rite of passage of sorts for newly promoted officers. And you can use your imagination as to why that would serve as a rite of passage. Now, one might think it was a rite of passage because it was the busiest station. It was not. One might think it was a rite of passage because they had the best possible staff there. It was not. The other reason you may think it is viewed as a rite of passage is because the staff there is more set in their habits and is perhaps not the most the most adaptive and constructive group of people to work with. If that's what you guess, then we've got a winner. The company officer explained to him uh, explained to all of us in the class how difficult that transition was due to some of the personalities and the culture specifically that existed within that station at their very large fire department. So he went about it a few different ways at first. Simply, uh, he just asked everybody to please uh, basically bring bring their A game. And after a while, that didn't work. And he found himself trying new ways. And then one day he thought, you know, there's really only one other thing I can do. And that's to make it personal. To make it so personal that it motivates sweeping change in a very short amount of time. So essentially what he did is took out a pad of paper and wrote handwritten letters, not to the firefighters, to their families. And in that letter he explained that their loved one or their husband had a responsibility to the family at the fire department and that those family expectations were not being met. And beyond that, that those firefighters who were not performing at the level they needed to perform at had obligations to the family members of the firefighters they worked with. And then lastly and most importantly, he explained that those firefighters who were lacking performance had an obligation to their own families. And his fear was that the poor performance and the lack of engagement would manifest itself at a bad time, which would leave their families, especially the young families, without a father figure due to the lack of engagement and execution while being on scene. And as you can imagine, that is a hard-hitting move. That is a move that takes a lot of gumption. That is a high-risk, high-reward maneuver. I'm not advocating to do the same thing. I'm simply saying that as, as professionals, as somebody in the fire service, we have a responsibility to our family. And with that, we have a responsibility to ourselves. As firefighters, we should live by ethical standards that uh, represent the values of our community and that we expect others to abide by day in and day out. And without that, we will not earn their respect, and without that, we will not be who we need to be in this field where we are counted on to deliver definitive interventions 
during critical, critical times. In today's podcast, we've we've covered in depth the responsibilities of the company officer as it relates to the crew, the public, your family, and yourself. We look forward to talking to you next on the duties of the company officer. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Hooked on Learning Podcast. Until next time, be smart.